My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, I'm joined on today's programme by Matthew Jensen, Project Director at Fraserline Architectural and Design Services, a firm providing multi-channel project services for the residential, hospitality, commercial and cruise ship industry sectors. Uh, Matthew, very warm welcome to yourself and thanks for joining us again on the show. It's a real pleasure having you with us. Thank you, Scott. Pleasure to be back. It's fantastic having you back, uh, Matthew. And uh, just for the listeners uh, tuning in that uh, may not be aware that Matthew has been on the programme before, um, he joined us on the programme uh, back in April 2020, so very early stages, of course, of the uh, of the pandemic. And um, mm. you talked about sort of in your future plans at that point in time, Matthew, that um, Fraser Line's sister company was bringing in sort of Internet of Things technology for the cruise line industry. And what you were looking to do over the, uh, the months to come was find ways to allow facilities managers to better manage their assets and tether those businesses together to really deliver some exciting solutions that are going to uh, be uh, important for the industry in future. So I guess to start with, it'd be good to kind of understand as to where you are with that and how that's sort of really taken shape for you. Mm, thank you, Scott. Um, yes, I mean, obviously, when we last spoke, we were pretty much in the premature stages of the pandemic. And obviously, mm. we all didn't really know um, what the market was going to do. We didn't quite know what the business sort of uh, landscape was looking like for a lot of companies. And obviously, um, I suppose looking back, um, you know, being relatively optimistic, we we were looking at trying to um, use some of the um, sort of, I suppose, the, the discovery areas that we'd come through in the architectural and the um, the maintenance side of cruise ship work we've done previously that's surveying and things like that and we thought well actually if we could find some sort of um technology that could address this problem that we was was current at that time pre-pandemic um which obviously was the the ambition for the sister company now in terms of where we're at with that now um we hit the market completely at the wrong time because the cruise market was massively and taken out by the pandemic, as we know, um, we saw layout of vessels. Um, we saw complete shutdown of operations, which meant that the cash in the industry for capex projects, such as what we were looking at, was pretty much dried up. So we had to think about what we did in that time to look at other um, other sort of business opportunities of, a, of, a, of an entrepreneurial spirit. Anyway, um, mm. so we slightly moved into the security market um, and looking at the same idea for the security market. Um, and being honest with you, that that was an area that sucked a lot of time and money um, in developing technology and various gadgets that really we couldn't find the correct customer for, both in the marine industry and also in other other sort of sectors as well. So we sort of sort of really did a, a good, healthy sort of two years, um, mostly last year of. of you know, trying to sort of find a market for the internet of things within security. Um, so that's sort of as where we've got to, but there's a lot of different things from also the, the, the assembly of a business that have also contributed to the, I might say the failure of, of that, that sister company. Um, and that includes things like having the wrong people in place um, with, with assembling a business. And I think I've learned an awful lot, Scott, in the last, two years with with um, starting a new business it's it's a really really good experience even though it's painful 
um, to make sure that you don't never, never ever make the same mistake twice. The other thing as well is when we both last spoke, we were talking about um, an idea that really hadn't been gone, that hadn't been established through the proper value proposition um, sort of assessment. And I think that's the other thing I've absolutely learned is value proposition. Start with why by Simon Sinek is the probably the most powerful thing um, when looking at starting a new venture because if there isn't a need for it, basically you're spending your short life um, building stuff that nobody wants. So I think it's a, been a, a really big learning curve for us to look at where we were talking about pre-pandemic and at that particular market in time and obviously with the shift of, of, of different conditions and, and various different ways now that we are in, in, in post-pandemic. Um, value proposition is the biggest thing. And anyone who's thinking about starting a business, I would say, get your value proposition right. It's critical, isn't it? And it just goes to show that risk management, when we think about that as a thing, a large part of that is tethered to purpose, isn't it? It's the value proposition. It's what this is for. And if you're not nailing that down early on as you say you're going to find yourself running down the blind alley of you built this great product but there's there's no need for it and people aren't going to buy it so it's about making sure that you as a young entrepreneur especially you go out there and you do your market research and you understand the why before you sort of get into the intricacies of actually building your business so that's probably the best way of going about it and it's a really good piece of advice for any youngster should have tuning into this who has that kind of big idea that he wants to hopefully develop into something great. Absolutely. I mean, the biggest thing as well, Scott, is, is talking to your customer base. I mean, just really be forensic in, in understanding what is their problem. Um, and when we, you know, when we started with this whole idea, I mean, I, I do look back and I, I, I regularly sort of retrospectively try and work out where we, how we got to where we got to. Um, I mean, the other business, Fraser Line, is doing very well. Um, this year has been extremely strong growth, um, so that's a good thing. But where we were trying to go with with setting up another business to address a, a problem that was, like I say, a pre-pandemic problem, cruise operators coming to us saying, well, actually, um, can we get data on on the condition of our assets, which is still technically a, a you know still technically a pain point. Um, but we went through an awful sort of um, you know, a downward curve where, where the, like I say, the industry completely cash strapped. So we had to think, well, actually, how can we apply this technology to a, to a sector? Um, and then, you know, like I say, we were almost going backwards with the value proposition design. Um, and, you know, as much as you go through it, you, you bring in people that you think you can trust and obviously that, that are trusted to deliver and also have um, the same drive of the business that you you also have as well. That's a, that's a big mistake I made was I brought, brought individuals in that didn't quite have that drive. Um, it, it, it's about making sure that you bring in your team players that understand their roles and responsibilities very clearly. And if that isn't correct, then the business will fail. It's as simple as that. And I learned that the hard way. So it's been, you know, within this sort of um, pseudo venture, if you like, on the side, um, it, it has been a, a very, very interesting learning curve and actually something that's really given me tools to go forward thinking I won't make the same mistake twice. 
Yeah, and it's about that kind of win or learn mentality, isn't it? I mean, it's um, not necessarily, of course, striving to fail, but where the setbacks come, it's about responding to that in a positive way, isn't it? I mean, we can't be mm-hmm. looking at failure as terminal. We need to use that as an opportunity to, you know, readdress the charges and then start again and learn mm-hmm. the lessons. And it certainly seems that you've uh, that you've done that in the sense of, you know, sort of looking a lot more closely at the people who are on board, making sure they have the right sort of the, the right qualities, uh, but also they're sort of aligned with the purpose as well. That's something that's incredibly important to make that sort of high performing culture, isn't it? They've got to be on board mm-hmm. with what the wider sort of mission is. It is. I, I think, you know, when you're picking your team players, it's very easy to think that uh, it's very easy to get vegetable bamboozled. It's a bit like anyone. You're, I mean, I've interviewed many people for my other business and, you know, you, you obviously, um, you know, you, you think of a candidate that is going to bring absolute add value to your business and you obviously take put trust in that person and you get some fantastic candidates and people that really do add value to your business. And you obviously get people that don't do that, that, that obviously do tell you one thing and then you find out later on that it's not quite what they said. Um, that's the same way when you're starting a business. If you're going to go in with business partners, um, it's like a marriage. You have to absolutely understand that person um, and understand why they're doing it. Uh, there's lots of different factors involved as well. Lifestyle choice, um, understanding what makes them drive. And sometimes that can work as well. I mean, if you've got differences, sometimes that can work for a business. That's actually very healthy because if one person's got a particular skill set in one area and they're passionate about one thing um, and you've got a passion in, in another area, um, that actually can work extremely well as a, as a, a, a you know, two co-founders um, going together. But unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work. And um, what might be your passion might not also be the other person's passion. So it comes back down to that, follow your passion. It does, doesn't it? And I think as well, I mean, there needs to be a recognition from leaders that maybe one sort of style of leadership isn't going to fit everybody in the team, is it? I mean, where there are differences, sometimes it can take something different to really make those team members tick. And I suppose that's where kind of a bit of the people management skill comes into it, isn't it? And there has to be that sort of ability to get to know people and there needs to be a willingness to perhaps, you know, sort of coach and develop certain individuals as well. That has to tie into leadership as well. Yeah, definitely, Scott. I mean, I think from from what I do in Fraser Line, obviously with with our, our very small um, selection of, of, of staff, it, it's very good in a way that um, the one thing I like with that is that we can, you know, my leadership style is to try and um, inspire um, people so that they, you know, essentially really enjoy working for you and that they they see the value coming for what they do. You know, they're, whether they're in the um, AEC sector and doing a project, they actually see the project come to life. And, and a lot of people like me also find that um, a really, um, a really great thing. So when you've, you know, you've built whatever you've built and you've seen this thing come to life, you've worked together as a team and you all share the rewards. And that's, that's really a, you know, a, a very simple mindset of how this can work well. But I think when you're starting a new business, you've got so many different other factors that you have to talk about. I mean, you know, talking about money can be a really hard thing for people. Um, and talking about um, legals and, if you know, if this happens and that happens. And, and again, I would advise anyone going into a, into a new business, make sure that you get all of your contractual, your, um, your shareholder agreements, absolutely get it watertight because um, it, it's a really important thing for when, if, if, if a rainy day happens in business, um, you all know where everything stands um and it, and it's you know like i say it's a great a great learning curve it really is i mean i i would say for any 
any young or anyone in, in at any particular stage of their life, if they think about starting a business, definitely have, give it a go because it, it's a, you know, it, it's a very, um, it's a, a fantastic learning curve. I know it can be tedious. It can be so demanding and it can be really draining on, on your life, um, especially with time and, and resource. But um, I think it's the best way to learn. I don't think you can learn this out of a book. Um, you know, the other things as well, with with the formula to um, looking at new venture is also is this a viable business um in which case the one mistake i made um was maybe when we were looking at the internet things idea for the cruise market was maybe mm. at that time either held it held it um sort of until the market came back but to slightly change that into an area that you know i didn't know anything about in, in the security field um was a saying fail fast fail cheap um you have to come to that absolute decision if this is not a viable business um do your financial plan do your cash flow forecast um and and constantly refine that business model if it's not viable stop don't carry on it, it I, I hear so many people that that uh, uh, carry on with their they might be very good at developing a technology they might be fantastic very talented people that have come up with this product or this this thing but they just carry on and they spend so much money in their life going forward and it, and it, it, you have to stop if there is not a market for it and it's not a business it's not a business then stop because it, it, it it's a shame it really is you don't live long enough to to waste too much time on, on something that's not viable that's exactly right um making sure that your business model is viable and that everything is watertight on that front is incredibly important and you know you also stress test you obviously make sure that there's the future proofing mm-hmm. in place these are all incredibly important elements and just linking back to what you said uh, with the uh, the team as well and um giving mm-hmm. them that ability to see their work sort of come to life in the form of projects i think that sort of ties in with fulfillment doesn't it and i think we've really seen how that's become more important to people certainly since the pandemic as well i mean we've heard a lot of noise about the great resignation haven't we and about how people are leaving certain roles in pursuit of you know fulfillment because they've kind of it's been sort of thrust into their faces again hasn't it the importance of the work-life balance because we're a lot more aware of our own well-being our own mortality so fulfillment making sure that you as a leader also make it very clear that you know you're looking after you, your team that's always incredibly important as well and that sort of again ties in with I guess purpose doesn't it absolutely I mean one thing that we've got um, is, is some really uh, a network of, of individuals who work with us on Fraser Line and they're, they're a lot younger, they're, they're a lot younger than me, um, but you can feel the passion. You, you know, they love being part of a small business. They love the idea of taking on, you know, wearing many hats. And it's that sort of, um, that I've noticed in the change. I mean, when I used to work for large, you know, large sort of AEC companies, uh, architectural surveying companies years ago, you know, everyone had their role. Um, and it was very much, you know, the corporate world was was what it was. But when when you've got a small business and everyone can be very much agile to to, you know, roll the sleeves up and get get really into, um, you know, the various different uh, role, varying roles and responsibilities and take accountability, take pride in what you do, and you know, obviously encouragement and and fulfilment's a big factor in that. I think it, it, it you know, there's nothing worse than being in a role that it, or, or or doing something that is to bring together a team um, and you feel completely unrewarded. You feel completely, um, you, you know, you just, it, it, it's not something that makes you tick. And and I have to say, I, I, I do like it when we have a, 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 a number of individuals that work with us 
Um, some of them might be freelance, but they get it. They come on board and they they represent Fraser Line, and and it's great. It really is. It makes you feel fantastic as as the leader of the company um, to see that that passion is is shared and that you know, like I say, when we execute and deliver what we do, um, you know, and and we have a happy customer, which is the main goal. Um, it, you know, we we that that's something that 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 feedback is shared throughout the team and yeah it's a very important thing I, I think it's a very important thing that has to be qualified out very quickly if, if you're interviewing or you're picking your team players and you don't feel that that individual is going to be part of that same mindset it's a very important thing and some people as well also have a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset so I'm absolutely open to different ways of doing things I mean I've, I've always been relatively you know sort of in the early stages of the company sort of stuck in ways of thinking there's only one way to do something but actually as as i've sort of started to go through these times i listen to what people say i listen to what other ideas people have and actually think well this this is a great idea you know we could we can really benefit from this and this is not um this is certainly going to be you know a, a worthy a worthy um task to do so that's my style of leadership and i think it, it, it's a really you know, I learn from it anyway. I, I think it's always a constant learning curve as well with, with, with learning off others, whether they're younger or older. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, we're never a finished article, even in leadership roles, are we? It's a constant process of development and we've got to show that willingness to learn. Every day certainly is a school day as well. And we're constantly being um, sort of confronted with new challenges, aren't we? I mean, the pandemic was new to so, so many people that we've charted a course through that. Um, And now, obviously, we're faced with another challenge with yet another sort of economic downturn since we haven't haven't really even quite got away from sort of the hangover of COVID yet, have we? And yet we're hit with the cost of living and we're hit with rising energy prices so i'm guessing that fraser line and um your other business interests i mean you are getting to grips with those challenges now as well but seems to be that obviously from what you said earlier that fraser line itself has sort of enjoyed a good growth period it it has scott i mean obviously we have to be absolutely thinking forward the visionary Mm -hmm. mindset is always the way to be um i mean you, you know even you know you get like in business you get the good times and the bad times and we we've seen this um, I mean, my father's a businessman, and he was saying to me that um, you know, in the past, um, you know, that there's, there's, we've been through these types of times before, and it's really about having to put provisions in place for the bad times and making sure that you know, obviously, you've you've got a strategy in place for um, you know to get through it and make sure that you then benefit from the best, the good times. That that I think that's kind of the the, the basics of it, really. Um, like I say, we've had a very good year um, this year. We didn't have a very good year last year because it was the sort of aftermath of COVID. A lot of the sort of hospitality um, and kind of leisure work that we do was was still very sort of um, up in the air. There was little commitment from a lot of our B2C um, clientele. But what's happened is now it's sort of changed around the other way. Now we've got this slight different change in, in the market with, um, obviously, the financial situation. Um, we've noticed that a lot of the B to um, sorry the B to C side of things have changed. Um, so the the the, the, the sort of um, domestic residential work has now started to sort of close. Obviously, I think because of the mortgage situation, um, which we kind of anticipated anyway. But the B to B work is is still very much um, at the moment buoyant. So that's something that 
obviously we're, we're keen to keep going. Um, but we've also slightly offered more to the service. And I think one thing that was quite important um, from last year was reevaluating on Fraser Line's side what the business model was. Um, as, as a consultancy, we, we offer um, architecture and that sort of how it starts out. But uh, then again, we now offer surveying services. Um, we offer 3D scanning, which is a, a new technology that basically means that we haven't got to send out various surveyors. We can send out one operator with a very advanced piece of equipment um, that captures data that we need for projects. And, and that investment has been worthwhile and it's paying dividends. Um, and I think really um, the, the kind of move forward is to try and be a little bit more multidisciplinary as a consultancy um, to offer a one-stop shop for our customer base because that kind of is what now after the pandemic a lot of our commercial customers are starting to ask is actually, well, we need to do this. Can you help us do it? And we, we say, well, yeah, we might not have the answer, but we'll find it for you. And I think that that's adding value um, in, in, in many ways. And I think that's sort of the better way to be in terms of going forward to be a little bit more multidisciplinary and agile to um, what the need of the customer is. Exactly right. And even in times of economic difficulty, that will hold you in good stead, won't it? Because, you know, life and business must go on. And we do see some of the most successful businesses, you know, really doubling down and pivoting during times of economic hardship and going from strength to strength. And I think a lot of that is down to sort of the real entrepreneurial spirit that we have in the UK. And there's so much to harness from that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think you know, one thing I have done in the in the interim of, of um, these times is I've been, um, you know, joining various different cohorts. And, you know, one thing that is really, you know, absolutely fantastic to see is the amount of serial entrepreneurs that we have in the UK. And some of the, you know, the ways that the, the energy is, is the biggest thing that I take away from it, even for me to think, actually, this, this you know, the, the energy of these leaders, um, these future leaders, um, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, it, it's amazing, really. And some of the, you know, some of the decisions and the, the, really the kind of um, the, the courage they have to, to try and create a business and take on the risks and responsibilities and make the quick decisions needed, it, it really is a, a great thing to see. And, um, you know, and again, from, from that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, I always kind of, um, you know, I always kind of try and get involved with anything like that as much as possible that, that where I can see others succeed, because I think that's the biggest thing. It's like anything in a, in a leader role. Um, I like to see success. I like to see success. I like to see achievement. And, um, it, it's something that brings into my own, um, aura of, of running a business is, is success and achievement. And, you know, even the customer likes to see success and achievement because if you deliver and you deliver as expected, they're happy, you're happy. And, um, you know, it, it, it's something that really is the recipe for going forward. It makes you think, well, actually, now I want to set the world on fire with growth. So that's kind of um, always always a really good sort of mentality with, with, with running a business. It certainly is. And thinking about the future and what it's likely to bring now, um, given the changing circumstances and given that we are continuing to get to grips with new challenges, um, what what do you feel is next for Fraser Line uh, now, uh, Matthew? And uh, where do you see yourselves maybe by this time next year? Yeah, it's a good question, Scott. So I think what we're going to do is is obviously carry on with 
um, where our, you know, where essentially our low-hanging fruit areas are. We have what we call bread and butter projects and bread and butter um, turnover, which is always good. We never ever. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we we in in the latter stages of the um, pandemic, so sort of last year, really, we got involved a lot with the um, the, the survey technologies um, within the architecture industry, and it's something that is a very slow, um, well, within the, within the sort of medium small to medium size of, of the industry. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a slow burner, but slowly it's starting to come through as, as, a, as a really good um, uh, service and, and value-based um, uh, offering. So we, we now offer the laser scanning as, as part of our customer offering. Um, and like I say, it means that we can capture data that's needed in order to de-risk a project. And we also offer that out um, to create um, various different digitalization um, processes for industry, ready for industry 4.0. So it's kind of thinking very forward here in, in thinking, well, actually, we're looking to take a lot of our built environment physical assets into the digital. And we see that with the metaverse. We see it with a lot of things at the moment, which are very far away. I mean, you know, but they're not that far away in some ways because things are happening so rapidly. So we've geared ourselves up with, uh, the tools in order to take the physical, the built environment, whether that's the ship, whether it's the building, um, whether it's an airport or whatever, um, we can take that physical and put it into the digital. And then that is very much an important value for that end user because it, it's all about the product life cycle. And by investing in the tools to do this, it's something that we want to be able to push by next year in order to be a lot more, um, have a lot more of a, 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 a strong revenue stream within that area. We, we are, we're starting to see um, revenue coming in from it now, but it, it, it obviously has taken a bit of investment and um, time to get the, you know, the market segment sorted. But next year, I'd like to certainly be a lot stronger in, in that side of things so that we are a future thinking consultancy. Yeah, absolutely right. Future proofing and looking to what is coming on the horizon is so, so, so important in this uh, day and age. And I think for anybody who's maybe thinking about starting a business or is a business leader themselves, that's probably one of the key messages that you can certainly heed from this particular program. And if you do want to share your thoughts on some of the matters that we've discussed today, I mean, you can do that via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us if you wanted to comment on the discussion that we've had. Or you can even bring your own discussion uh, to the uh, the table and uh, share your perspective with us directly via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and applying to be on the program and sitting down with me yourself to discuss what topical matters and issues may be relevant to you. Um, for now, it has been an immense pleasure welcoming Matthew Jensen from Fraserline Architectural and Design Services onto today's show. Um, Matthew, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed the experience of coming back onto the uh, the programme and uh, let's certainly keep in touch and it would be great perhaps even to welcome you back onto the show a third time just to see how that sort of looking to the future is all starting to really come together as we understand what kind of challenges we're going to be facing in the other uh, months and years ahead. Thank you, Scott. Would love to uh, join again, and um, thank you very much for the, uh, for the for the podcast. It has been fantastic welcoming you back, Matthew. And um, I say, do take care with uh, everything still going on in the world. And uh, for everybody listening into the program today, I do hope that you have thoroughly enjoyed the interview and found it certainly as eye-opening and thought-provoking as I have. Um, as always, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, on today's episode of the Leaders Council podcast, and we'll be back next time for a whole new perspective on leadership and current affairs. But until then, take care all and goodbye.